The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. He said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread ab abroad to the, the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, in other words, in the promised Messiah, he didn't say seeds, he said seed. And when the, when the Lord says seed, he's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Then God went on to say to Jacob, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And that's the same promise to us today, that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that God is not finished with us, and God will be with us until he accomplishes all of his purpose, until he accomplishes his divine plan, until he do his will in his life, God will be with us. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And this is why I'm calling this message. The Lord was there. And I knew it not. How many times the Lord has been there, but you didn't know it. Perhaps you look back after some time. And when you look back over the situation, then you came to the realization that God was with me all the time. When I was struggling with that problem, when I was struggling in my sickness, when I was engulfed in darkness, God was right there. You know, beloved, although I grew up in the church, that's right, I grew up in the church. And I can't remember missing church on any of the Sundays of my upbringing while living in my father's and my, and my mother's house. I grew up in the church, but I wasn't saved. But eventually, I got saved. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I knew that God lived in my heart. Yet there were times he still seemed far away. Hmm. How many hear what I'm saying? I was just as saved as I, want, as I could be saved. I was filled with this precious spirit. But there were times that God still seemed far away. But God was always there. He was always there for me. And he was always there for you. Now Jacob's story reminds us, we're always in the presence of God. Let me say it again. We're always in the presence of God. It isn't God who changes, it's us. God changes not. He is always present. And so he, he's not the one who changed, but it's us. Here in chapter 28 of Genesis, 
Jacob had to leave home. It was the only thing he could do after things went down in his home. Remember, he conspired with his mother to deceive his father. And he stole his brother Esau's birthright and blessing. This family was in crisis. This family was a dysfunctional family. But instead of acknowledging God, what did Jacob do? He ran. We do the same thing sometimes. When we get in trouble, instead of acknowledging the presence of God, we try to run away from the trouble without realizing that God was there. God was there and you knew it not. So instead of acknowledging God, Jacob ran off. He ran off and began a journey to get to Haran, to get to the home country of his mother's brother. Often in the midst of pain and struggle, it seems hard to find God. Hmm? But he's always there. How many times we've been in trouble? How many times we felt pain? How many times we've struggled with something? And it was hard to find God in that situation. Yet God was always there. He's always there to save, always there to heal, always there to deliver, always there to restore. That's the kind of God we serve. Glory to God. So why is it that God is there and we know the promise? He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But yet there's still times where we feel like God isn't there. One of the manifestations of feeling like God isn't there is our complaints. Complaining. Complaining is nothing more than a realization that God is there and I knew it not. This is why we're complaining. If we believe God was there, we wouldn't be complaining. We would be thanking and praising him. We'd be confessing our faith seeing ourselves come out on the other side. But complaining is the realization that you knew it not. God was there, but you knew it not. We complain about all, seems like everything. Some people complain about their life. My life is so boring, some people may complain. My life is boring. I need a little more excitement. I need some spice in my life. What you really need, beloved, you don't need more excitement. You don't need more spice. All you need is a realization of the presence of God. Some folk complain about their marriages. My marriage is dead. I need a new spouse. You don't need another marriage. You don't need another spouse. You need a realization of God in that marriage. And even though you think you need another spouse, the problem may be you. And you don't realize the problem is you because God was there and you knew it not. Some folks say, my kids, my baby kids are a pain in the neck. 
And I'll be so glad when these kids grow up and get out of the house. Complaining about your kids. You don't need to be complaining about your kids. You don't need to be in a hurry for your kids to grow up and move out of the house. All you need is a realization of God. And when you come to that realization of God and the kids have grown up, moved out of the house, then you're going to begin to miss them. And you look back and say, God was there all alone. He was there, but I knew it not. Some folk complain and say, they say, well, my job sucks. That's what you said. My job sucks. You ought to be thankful for a job. You may say your job sucks, but you don't necessarily need another job. In fact, you're not ready for another job just yet. All you need is a realization of the presence of God. And God will give you joy and satisfaction in the midst of that job that you thought was a job that sucked. Huh? People complain about their houses. They complain about their cars. Oh, my car is so old. But I don't care if your car is old. That old car gets you where you want to go. And as long as your car gets you where you want to go, you ought to be thankful to God. You ought to have a consciousness of the presence of God and know that God is there even when you're driving that old car. That's all you need. You're not ready for a new car just yet. What you really need is a realization of the presence of God. Glory to God. This is what we need, beloved. We need a realization of the presence of God. So we need to stop looking for excitement, new frills and new thrills huh, to fill our lives. We need a realization of the presence of God. Nothing will help us. We need to understand that you can complain all you want to complain, but nothing will help you except a realization of the presence of God. This is what helped Jacob. Jacob had some character flaws. Jacob was a supplanter. Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was a thief. And what Jacob really needed was the realization of the presence of God. Remember Psalm 16, verse 11? And you will show me the path to life. For in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We need a realization of the, pre- of, the, of the presence of God because in his presence, there's fullness of life. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Where there's fullness of life and where there's power, favor, and honor at the right hand of God, that leaves little room for complaining. Glory to God. So you might as well go ahead and say, I won't complain because God is present. Glory to God. I won't complain because God is present. Now, as I meditated on this text, the Lord began to show me that there are really three reasons why one knows not the presence of God. We've already established God is omnipresent. God is everywhere at the same time. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. So how's it that we don't know he's there? The Lord is there and we know it not. 
And the Lord began to show me three reasons. And I'm going to break them down, but that first reason is preoccupations. Second reason is distractions. And that third reason is ignorance. That's right, ignorance. Huh? So how is it that the Lord is there and we knew it not? Is it because of preoccupations? Here we see that Jacob was in a place and he didn't realize the Lord was there until the Lord spoke to him in a dream. If you don't realize that God is present in your life, what God will do, he'll make himself present in your dreams. He'll even speak to you in your dreams so that you know he was there all, the, all alone. He was there all the time. But we miss God because of those preoccupations. The same way Jacob missed God. What are those preoccupations? They could be regrets for the past. Could be loneliness and fear in the present. Or it could be your uncertainties of the future. Now consider Jacob here. Jacob had just done some bad things in his family. So bad that his brother wanted to kill him. And Jacob is on the run. He's on his way to a far country that he had never been to. So obviously Jacob is preoccupied with some regrets for the past. What did he regret? Did he regret deceiving his father, lying to his father, stealing from his brother? Did he regret conspiring with his mother? Perhaps he had some regrets. This is why he didn't realize that God was there. It's undoubtedly that Jacob was lonely. The Bible doesn't show that he was accompanied by no one. He's on a 500-mile journey, and he's all by himself. And you know how you get when you get by yourself. You know, a lot of folk don't like to be by themselves. They feel uncomfortable when they're by themselves because they have to deal with themselves. But even when you're by yourself, the Lord is present. I don't mind being by myself because I've learned how to enjoy myself in the Lord. Somebody ought to say something. Huh? But Jacob undoubtedly was lonely. Loneliness was getting the best of Jacob. Perhaps he had fear to be traveling on a road, a journey he had never traveled before. Perhaps that was one of his preoccupations. What about his uncertainties of the future? When you're uncertain about the future, that can be a preoccupation. Jacob had to have this preoccupation about being uncertain in the future. What would he have done? What will he do for a livelihood? How will he earn an income? Will he find himself in a situation where he's forced to marry a woman he, don't, he, he doesn't like? Remember when he left home, he was instructed to find a wife among his uncle's daughters. So he had to be preoccupied with this. What if I don't like her? Whether she's too tall, whether she's too short. That had to be a preoccupation. And when you're preoccupied like that, when you're always looking over your shoulder with the regrets of the past, 
when you're always feeling lonely and fear in the present, when you're uncertain about your future, then you're not focused that you're living in the presence of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you riddle with regret, loneliness and fear, uncertainty, that's who you are. And if that's who you are, then you're not conscious or cognizant of the presence of God. Now you can see what Jacob perhaps was going through. Preoccupation. God was there and he knew it not. Another reason why God is there and we know it not is because of distractions. That's right. Distractions. What distracts us in life? We're distracted by money, particularly not having enough of it. We're distracted by materialistic things. We need this. We need that. We're so focused on that new house, that new apartment, so focused on that new car, that new wardrobe. All those things are materialistic things. And those things can become distractions. Where will I earn enough money to do this, that, or the other? That's a distraction. We're distracted by fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. But if you're operating in fear, you're not conscious of his presence of the one who gives you that spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We're distracted by the voice of the world. We're so moved by what they think and what they say. And we're not realizing what God has said and what God is saying because we're so moved by the voice of the world. And if you're not moved by the voice of the world, oftentimes we're moved by the voice of the flesh. You're telling yourselves things that God never told you. And you're moved by that. That's a distraction. The Lord is there and you knew it not because you were too focused on what you wanted and what you wanted to believe rather than what God said. Then if we're not, fo we're not focused or distracted by the, the voice of the world and the voice of the flesh, then it's the voice of the devil himself. Huh? It's the voice of the devil himself. People are very good knowing what the devil said to them. Do you find that interesting? You know, the devil told me. The devil said to me. But yet, they're weak as spring water when it comes to what did God say? And they can't tell you what God said. If you were asked, what did God say? Then you hear crickets. Why don't they know what God has said? Because they've been more conscious, more conscious of the voice of the world, more conscious of the voice of the flesh, more conscious of the voice of the devil himself. God was there, and they knew it not. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he said, but no man can serve two masters. He either love one, he either hate one and love the other. Or he'll be loyal to one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve money 
and materialistic things and serve God. You cannot serve the voice of the world and serve God. You cannot serve the voice of your flesh or even the voice of the devil himself and serve God. You got to make up your mind that I love living in the presence of God or do you hate it? You got to make up your mind I'm going to be loyal to walking by faith and not by sight and not despise the things of God because God is present. These are all distractions. And if it's not a preoccupation, if it's not a distraction, then it's ignorance. 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 I know that's a strong word and it comes across harshly. But ignorance is simply a lack of knowledge. Because we know not the word of God, God is there and we knew it not. Because we don't know his word. The prophet Hosea said, in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, For my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. How is it that we can live in the presence of God and still be destroyed? How is it that we can live in the presence of God and still feel like a failure? How is it that we can live in the, uh, uh, on the presence of God and we live with that invisible staircase from earth that extends into the heaven and God's above it? Beloved, that's your life. You live in the presence of the Lord. He is there, but you knew it not. Glory. In closing, in closing, it's time to wake from our sleep. Jacob awake from his sleep, and he said, the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. We need to wake up. God is present in your life. He's present in your home, present in your marriage, present on your job. He is present with any of, the, any of that and all of that which concerns you. God is present. The presence of God is here right now, whether we know it or not. The presence of God is here right now, whether we whether we want him here or not, he's still there. Glory. The problem is, beloved, we don't practice the presence of God. We practice the problem, but we don't practice the presence of God. So don't be like Jacob, who wakes from his sleep, and he looks back. He looks back at that dream, like you may look back at a life experience, Jacob looked back at that dream and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your awesome presence. Thank you for ministering angels in the presence of God to connect us from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. Thank you, Father God, for this divine staircase that's before us where angels are ascending up to you and descending. They're ascending up to you with our prayer requests, our wants and our desires. And they're descending with the answer. They're descending with the provision. 
because there's an uninterrupted connection in your presence between heaven and earth, between earth and heaven. Surely, Lord, you're in this place. You're in our lives, in our homes, our situations, our relationships. You're there. You're in our finances. You're there, but we knew it not. God, take away the preoccupations. Take away the distractions. Help us not to be ignorant of your word that says, you'll never leave us nor forsake us even until the end of the age. We thank you that we live in your presence. Thank you for being in this place and help us to be able to, to say, help our confession to be, surely the Lord is in this place and I know he's here for I feel his presence in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. God bless you. Live for God, whatever you do. And live knowing, no matter what comes, no matter what may, you're living in the presence of God. The Lord is in this place, and you ought to know it that God is everywhere. For the eyes of the Lord is in every place beholding the evil and the good. And that same God, his eyes are on you. You're standing in the gaze of God right now. He's looking at you. Will you gaze your eyes upon him? Lift your eyes and begin to gaze upon the presence of the Lord. And when you do that, you'll know there is no failure and no defeat that the world or even yourself or the enemy himself can bring against you. Victory is yours in Jesus' name. Victory is yours in Jesus' name. So wherever you are, whatever your circumstance is, whether it's pain, struggle, challenge, trouble, whether it's a need, just know God is present and begin to thank Him and worship Him. Call those things that be not as though they were and you'll live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because God is there and you ought to know it. Don't be like Jacob. And wake from your sleep one day, that spiritual sleep, and look back and say, you know what? Surely the Lord was in that place, and I knew it not. Let your confession be, yes, I know the Lord is here. I know the Lord is with me. Don't forget this, beloved. God loves you so much. I can never overemphasize how much God loves you. He is your creator and he loves you. And all he wants you to do is love him. And then love yourself. Then love your neighbor as yourself. And remember this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Walk in love. Have faith in God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.